All right, hello and welcome to another episode of Person of Interest with me, Natalie Jones. Hello. I love today's guest because we met so organically. I actually met him in the parking lot with his partner, Stephanie, um, at a work event. We started talking and we were like, oh, wow, this is great. You should come on. Because William Jackson, he's a life coach, he's an author, he's a motivational speaker, he hosts stuff, and he's also a leadership developer. Now, he wrote a book called When Life Happens, and it's all about skills and tools for life and breaking everything down. He focuses a lot on grief, let's see, mental health and self-development, which is right up my alley. Oh, and he's also a professional consultant. I mean, he does so much. And if you would like to reach out to William Jackson, you can book him, you can reach him at www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com and on Instagram as the official William Jackson. Here we go. So it was really nice meeting you. I want you to do an official invite. William Jackson. Oh, yeah. Um, I met you in a parking lot. Yes. At a diamond, at a jewelry store. Listen, parking lot uh, introductions are the best. It's, they are. Yeah. You they can get and, a little weird sometimes. It, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming in hot that day. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, but I met you and your partner, Stephanie, together yeah. at, uh, I guess it was like outside of James Free. Oh, yeah. And you guys were just fantastic. Before I even like looked, knew who you were or looked up what you just did, just you... And Stephanie, I was like, you guys are just great. And then you I guess you briefly told me what you did. And I was yeah. like, well, you got to come on the podcast. Whatever. I appreciate you having me. Definitely excited to be here. Um, so you are a life. How would you describe yourself? You're an author. Mm-hmm. You're a published author. Mm-hmm. You're a life coach. You're mm-hmm. also a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. And how what else would you what other what else would you say? So I'm I'm pretty much everything people. Okay. So, like I said, I'm a life coach, I'm an author, a motivational speaker, I've done counseling. All of my occupations in the past have been with people. So, mm-hmm. I was a principal of a private school, I really? was a manager for Delta, I've managed Marriott Hotels, everything, people interacting. So, ah. and every job that I've had, everybody's always come to me for advice or perspective uh they actually deemed me uh, i came up with this nickname where they were i was mr perspective at marriott where ah. literally people just bring me their problems you know and um i just always had a knack for people and, and navigating the spaces so uh decided hey why not get paid to do what i actually love to do like it chose you yes it chose me so um that's how i got into life coaching and uh, uh definitely just been helping people, building people. I'm everything people. And so how long have you been independent in doing that? So I've been independent. So I've had, so here's the thing. On, on the occupational side, I'm also a consultant. So I do uh, media and business consulting, um, uh, consulting of all aspects. I also work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. I mm. do trainings and courses and online for uh, major companies like uh, Microsoft, um, Marriott, Delta. So um, that's what I do occupationally. Consulting on the life coaching side, I've probably been doing that for about six years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell me more about the consulting space that you yes. work in? That's got to be difficult. Yes. I. That is something I would not... I mean, me being me, I yeah. would not, not want to touch with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like consulting just because I don't mind being the bad guy, mm-hmm. right? I'm the friend that I always want, I always to tell my friends, whatever you do, don't let me be wrong. If you see me going down an alley and you know there are six dogs that are mm-hmm. unchained, don't let me go down the alley. <laughs> Somebody say something to me. <laughs> so I, I love the truth and honesty, you know, aspect of interaction. So when I do consulting, um, I, I have a a firm but yet um, 
accessible approach. I look for entry points, you know, because nobody likes to just be told what to do, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost about trying to find, I call it the airplane method. You know what I mean? Like with a baby, you feed them peas. They hate the peas. They spit it out. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. You take that same scoop of peas and you go, and you start going up in the air and do loop-de-loops and make it, now the presentation makes it appealing. Yeah. Now the baby wants these same peas that they couldn't stand before. Okay. So it's finding the airplane that makes the information palatable for whoever I'm dealing with. Okay. So it's, it's I, ha- I find different knacks, and I love it actually because, you know, I just want to see everybody win. Mm-hmm. And so when people feel that genuine energy, they al- they always open up. Well, what can I do? How can I be better? Um, I work heavy in the uh, diversity, equity, inclusion space, uh, but I approach it more so from a unification standpoint. You know, yeah. I always hear the the aspect of diversity and inclusion from more of a antagonistic, angry. You know, and I'm not knocking anybody, but I'm just more about unifying people. You know, okay, so, that's what I was going to add, like specifically yeah, in equity and inclusion. I was, yes, have you had pushback, and is that? Uh, yes. Provided some challenges. Yes. So that the space in itself has been fun for me um, because I think everything is what you make it. You mm-hmm. know, everybody's not going to like you. You're not going to be everybody's slice of cake or cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It's about finding your audience. And there are some places where I've been in where I've been extremely well received. Some places were very tight lipped and didn't like the the approach or the information. The The reality is that's OK. Yeah. Like I never let anything affect me. I, I so so a couple of things I'm giving tidbits in the programs I do with my clients. Um I I call it the shooter's mentality. Okay, what's that? Right. So Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time, right? I've seen him come out and go five for thirty six some games. Yeah. Right? Just missing a whole bunch of shots. But he keeps shooting because he knows that all I gotta do is make the make one. And the shooter's mentality is they move quickly from the last miss. Yeah. They quickly disconnect from it. They miss a shot. They come right back down the court. They're going to shoot it up again because they know that they're not, they're not defined by their misses. Mm-hmm. Right? So I can miss 16 shots in a row and still believe that I'm going to hit the 17th. Yeah. And most people miss two, three shots, and then their mind takes over. And now they're out of the game. I know. You know, can you tell me, like, I that is a mentality that I've never really understood. Yeah. I feel like I just keep going yeah. and just like, ah, I don't know if I dismiss the the faults because you want to reflect and learn from them. But I'm yeah. pretty good at, like, I'm just going to block it out or dismiss yeah. it. I don't know if that's good or not. You're no, the coach, it's, you know? It's but good, I'm like, but yeah, you're the going. anomaly, though. Most mm. people are, and I always say you're not defined by your mistakes. You're developed by them. Uh, right? Yeah. And most people, they have a mistake, and it is crippling. Do you see that a lot in the professional a spectrum? Lot, really? A lot. In, on corporate level stuff as well? Especially in corporate yeah. level because people get so... Uh, so um, tight lip when they're dealing with money. Yeah. Right. So now if they made a mistake and it didn't work and they lost money, now they're really scared to do anything out of the box. So now it's like, no, 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 I can't do that anymore because I lost this money. Uh, my, my shareholders and stakeholders were unhappy. You know, all the big bosses, the presidents, the CEOs, all of them were unhappy. So now I can't make a move. So it becomes uh. crippling in their career. And it's almost like, okay, cool. I understand that that was a mistake. But the worst thing that you can do is have a mistake and not extract the information that was necessary for you to uh, learn yeah. from that mistake. Most people just, they stay in the feeling of the mistake and never get the foundation of, okay, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. What did I do right? 
how can I learn from this and how can I make this better? Do you think that there's a lot of shame involved that yes. keeps people that can keep keep people stuck from making mistakes like that? Yeah, especially corporate sector because everybody's looking at them. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a lot of people depending on, and not just in corporate sector. I see it in families. Yeah, when I'm when I'm dealing with um, parents and and spouses and especially in men is. You know, they're scared to make a mistake because you got a wife and kids that you that, that are depending on you. Yeah. It's almost like you can't afford to make a mistake. You know, see it in, 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 in wives. I see it in children. People just don't want to disappoint people, you know. And, and when you get to that place, it literally locks up their potential, literally, and they can't move. Uh, and so then it's, yeah. I got to come in with a sledgehammer and I got to <laughs> knock down the walls and we got to <laughs> dig up some dirt and, you know, we got to do the dirty work. Well, when you first started doing this, so when when did you make the, the leap? Six years ago was when you went full-time doing yeah, what you yeah. do now? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about one of the biggest mistakes you've made along the way that you've learned a early lot from? On, so early on, one of the biggest mistakes I made was trying to project what I thought was right onto someone else. Oh, yeah. So my job as a coach is not to tell you what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's to help navigate you through the journey to finding your answers. Because your answers are different from my answers. You know, there are a lot of people who coach and do training or whatnot yeah. and don't have that approach. <laughs> and I would say, like, I'll go to some things and I'm like, I don't, I feel like it's hard now to find a good leader. Sure. You know? Yes. Okay, and so how, how can you give me an example of, like, when you were... So, so I, was, I was dealing with this guy, and um, he, he really wanted to make some changes um, in the aspect of his, his relationship with his mm-hmm. wife. And um, he, was, he was doing all of these different things that just were not right. And I could see the wrong. Mm-hmm. He couldn't see it. So my, my, my thought process was, okay, I know exactly how to fix this. Because if you do this, this is going to elicit this response, yeah. right? So I told him, I said, okay, this is what you do. You take this, you give this to her, you do this, and you do that. And so he says, okay, cool. So then he goes, he does that, but she is not the type of woman who responds to what I told him to do. Oh, yeah. Right? So, you know, some women are not flowers and candy and romance. Yeah. Some women are more practical. They want you to do the stuff that they ask for. They want mm. you to fix the toilet. Mm-hmm. You know, so you bring in roses <laughs> doesn't fix the toilet. So you, he he goes and does these 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 amazing gestures that I tell him very creative, very unique to her personality, and she literally is like, "What is this going to do for me?" <laughs> and it becomes this entire argument. They blow up, and he comes back to be like, "You told me," and I said, "You know what." That's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> Let's go back to the drum board. Let's go back to the drum board. I told you what I thought was going to work because this is what I know to do. And so it's just finding the ways that that I can lead people to their answers and knowing that every situation is unique. There are no two people that are like, no two people have the same fingerprint. Mm-hmm. So no two people have the same journey or process. Now, there may be parts of it that are similar. Yeah. But no two people have the same exact process. And when you try to align or parallel your process to someone else, then you fall victim to certain things that this person has to go through that you didn't wouldn't have to go through if you were just stuck in your lane. Ooh, yeah. So now you welcome in all these different aspects of process and pain because you didn't stick to your process. You didn't stay in your lane. You want to do what you see on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work for you. 
Mm-hmm. You want to do what you see on social media or these celebrities. Okay, cool. You got to understand that some of these celebrities have millions of dollars at their disposal. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> so we got to find what works for you. Oh, uh, well, can we unpack that for a second? Yeah. Um, how do you think, like, within your work, does social media play a big part in <sighs> some misalignment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely huge because we're visual creatures, mm-hmm. right? And social media has become the new norm of of what reality should be. People have, I say all reality is adopted reality. It doesn't matter where yeah. you come from. You could literally put two people in the same situation and they'll have two totally different outcomes because one person has adopted a certain reality of where they are and the other person adopted an entirely different reality. Hmm. Like I've seen it to where two people have been in, uh, I've seen two, two kids that literally grew up in the same projects. One decided that this is life. I need to get into the street game. I need to do this. Another person said, my way out is in the books. Mm-hmm. Study hard, got 4.0, literally got scholarships to Harvard and went on to build his business. Same place, different realities. Yeah. So everything is adopted reality. So everything, every time when we spend, and one of the exercises I like to do, I go into my phone and I check my screen times of what I spend the most time on my phone on. And most people spend so much time on social media and they look at it. And the more you look at it, the more it connects into your mind, the more it connects into your heart. Everything starts in the thought, right? I call it the tea party. So it's thoughts, emotions, actions. So everything, the way I give my thoughts direction is by what I'm constantly feeding myself. So what I'm feeding myself into my eyes, into my ears, what I'm listening is shaping the way I'm thinking. So if I'm always seeing this on social media, then I'm thinking that the only way that I can be happy is if I have this. Oh, yeah. So then now that filters down into my emotions as I start feeling some type of way about where I am currently in life. Because I'm always looking at someone else's version of life because that's not even their life. Yeah. It's their version of what they're presenting. So I'm looking at someone else's version of life and saying, you know what? They look happy. I must not be happy where I am. Mm-hmm. I got to have this in order to be happy. Oh, man. I do it all the time. I'm on such, like, I'm a, you know, yeah. a professional influencer, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm garbage at it. I'll just be real honest. <laughs> there's, like, there's a certain part of me that, that, that truly intrinsically believes that it is bad for humanity, yeah. and I am supposed to be in it, and I'm like, this is bad for all of us. Yeah. Like, it's bad for me. I don't believe in this. Yeah. And that being said, um... I mean, I have negative. Re- I mean, I'll go through slumps too. I'm yeah. scrolling too much, and I'm like, yeah. "Why am I standing on top of a mountain weighing 120 pounds? Exactly. And how come I'm not on a balloon ride? Yeah. Or I'm never going to meet a man like that, or yeah. have friends like that? Look at all these people with all these great friends and these yeah. amazing parties." And Private I'm like, "Private jets, what? sipping champagne. Right? I can't even get Fiji water. I got right? we got we got regular water, <laughs> tap water at my house. Just regular get, water. You know. We just got regular water. <laughs> I'm a regular water type of gal. And like, no, but no, but for sure. And it, um, I think. Um, I don't know. I think it's really, I feel like it's something that everybody knows it's happening. But mm-hmm. We're also doing it anyway. Yeah. And I feel like, what do we do? Yeah. What, 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 what do we, where do we go from there? Yeah. But you know? see, I think the issue is that, you know, and it, the saying goes that evil triumphs when good people do nothing. Right. So it's, there is a lot of good that can come out of social media. People have literally made yeah. established livings for their family and created a whole new life via social media. But it's like anything. Anything can become a drug if you allow it to. 
Like mm-hmm. you, it's just about maintaining certain disciplines of like, for instance, for me, certain things that I do that keep me on track, keep me motivated. Like there are places in the house where I would normally pick up, put up sticky notes that have certain messages on it that keeps me when I see it, it motivates me to stay on track. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are timers that I put on my phone that make sure that I have this amount of time to do this, this yeah. amount of time to do that. And that's with everything. Right. In, in uh, the second book that I'm writing um, uh, talks, it's, it's a leadership book. Mm-hmm. And in one of the aspects that I talk about is the unspoken grief that leaders have. Right. And they carry a lot of the grief of either loss, failure, holding on to it. And they are scared to let it out because they fear that if I go into that space, I won't come out of it, right? So even even I even have, I developed this this process and principle called grieve and go. Mm-hmm. So there's a basketball you know terminology where it's the play is called the give and go, mm-hmm. where I give you the pass, you know, give you the ball, and then I set the pick and I roll to the basket and I'm expecting to get the ball when I should be open. Yes. So it's literally the, it's, it's similar to that. I give myself specific time frames to grieve and then when that time is up i gotta get up and go what do you mean grieving um grieving what anything so people think grief can only be from the aspect of losing a loved one yeah right or something traumatic but if you lose a job there's a level of grief that you have from from the loss yeah right people think that okay and what happens is we think that it has to be this grand thing for me to really address it and we, we, we ignore all of the minute things, the small things, the cracks. Mm-hmm. But if we don't address the cracks, they become canyons, right? So it's literally, if you, there's a relationship that ends, there's a level of grief there, mm-hmm. right? If there is a, a job that, that's lost through this pandemic, it's a level of grief there. Yeah. You know, it's not just a, the uncertainty or the frustration or the, or, or the, um, the hurt of it, there's a level of grief because life changed. You know what's crazy is I um, am, am all into self-improvement or whatnot, yeah. but I never went into the grief space until recently. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine is on the board of this nonprofit, and he yeah. asked me to go to, like, a fundraiser or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and it's called Companions on a Journey. And it's and I learned so much about grief and so much about how every human being is grieving. Yeah. And like the why the majority of mental health issues, addiction issues, um, any other sort of like anger, mm-hmm. all stems from grief. Yeah. And I'm like, how have I never heard this before? Oh, yeah. And no one is putting any attention on grief when it is something that really binds us all. Yes. More so, I mean, it's I feel like it's one of like the the main one of the main emotions humans feel every day yeah. and no one talks about it. Yeah. And because from a child, you're taught to shake it off. Yeah. Right? You're taught that, okay, oh, you're not hurt. Uh, stop crying. So we become uh, masters of compartmentalization from a young child because I learned how to tuck my pain. Because yeah. normally for me, I get hurt and they say, oh, shake it off or you're not hurt. That's telling me in my mind, okay, well, then I need to, what I'm feeling right now. I need to get rid of some kind of way. So now that I'm, I become an adult who became a master at compartmentalizing my pain, when something happens, I just tuck it away. Mm. And now I'm a master at internalizing. And I could smile and be broken. 
and I could be happy in your face, but really I'm super frustrated. Is there something that happened to you that made you um, lean into the grief space? Like, where have you always been like that? Yes. Yeah, so like for me, my um, when my grandmother died in 2011, she mm-hmm. was my world. Yeah. Right. And Sorry. when she passed, it um, <laughs> when she passed, it 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 shook me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the time to really grieve properly. Mm-hmm. She died in the morning. I had to do a conference that night. So I literally never had the time to stop and really just deal. It was it was one of those things that I'm in pieces, mm-hmm. but now I got to somehow put some Gorilla Glue on these pieces, some duct tape, and some wrapping paper, and be good for the people that I that that need me now in this moment. Wow, how did you? How did it show up in other places of your life? Yes, yeah, so it will. There will be times where, um, and you can always identify someone who has unresolved grief is because they always overreact and and they 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 attack petals, mm-hmm. right? Instead of roots. So there, something small could be. Um, you know, you asked them for a pen and you gave them a pencil and they blow up because they asked for a pen. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you give me what I asked for? That's not really the issue. Yeah. There's some unresolved grief underneath that we haven't dealt with. And now you're responding to pedals like literally every little thing that if 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 somebody does something the wrong way or turns something wrong, people are blowing up because they have all this packed in grief yeah. that they haven't addressed. And it's going to come out. Yeah. And everybody, and that's the thing is that we pack it and pack it and pack it for so long that now your threshold, you're at your max. You're at your max emotional threshold. And now everything is a trigger. Oh, gosh. And the yeah. issue is, is because now you have so many layers of the grief that now when it's time to address it, you got to go through all of these layers to get back down to the root. And nobody really wants to take that deep dive because now you pack so much, we got to peel back a bunch of layers of hurt, mm-hmm. a bunch of unresolved stuff, and that ain't fun. No, it's It is not, not fun <laughs> pulling back all those layers, but it's so necessary. And that's, the, that's the, the, the real benefit of having someone who can guide through the journey because trying to do it alone, you'll get lost. Oh, yeah. And try and it, and if you just start it with someone and then try to take it over, you still get lost because pain is one of those it's one of those things that has no boundary. You can't say, "Okay, I'm only going to allow pain to affect this portion of me." When you're hurt, it affect when you stub your toe, your whole body shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to shut down. Like literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said in, in, in my uh, my book that's out, uh, it's called When Life Happens. When you st- I use the analogy of when you get up in the morning, uh, it's dark, sleeping, and you stub your toe on the way to go use the restroom. And it hurts, and it's crippling, but you have the choice to say, okay, do I stay here and worry about the fact that my, my toe is hurting, I can't see, I'm barely asleep, and end up using the bathroom by myself? Or do I keep pushing because I have somewhere to go. And that's the ability of finding the, the, the tools and the tactics that when you stub your toe, okay, now what? 
what do we do now? Because we're not negating that it hurt. Well, yeah. can we talk about your book more? Yeah. So uh, my book is called When Life Happens. Mm-hmm. It's literally, it's called, uh, the, it's, the subtitle is How to Go from Trap to Triumph. I know. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So um, uh, it's, it's, it's the blueprint to, to a breakthrough. It's, it's life's playbook. It's literally um, everything. It's, it's how to proactively prepare for the storms of life or for the issues of life, how to successfully matriculate through them and how to recover after them. Right. Mm. Because life happens to us all. So Mm -hmm. how do you deal? How one of the uh, chapters called What the Heck Was That? And that's literally uh, the chapter about the one hit that has the ability to shake your entire foundation is the one you didn't see coming. Okay, like for like, what do you mean? Like like, uh, it's like a sucker punch or tornado. Okay, it's something that you can't prepare for. So it's almost like you get hit and go, what the heck was that? Like, yeah. where did that come from? Who hit me? What did, yeah. How did this? So what do you do in those spaces where you've been planning, you've been preparing, and then now something just comes out of left field like a pandemic and wipes you out? What do you do then? You know, so there is tools and tactics. Um, a couple of my favorite chapters were, uh, and they actually go back to back. The first chapter uh, in, the, in the, it's not the first chapter in the book, but the one chapter in the series is called I Got It. Okay. I'm the king, well, I used to be, the king of I got it. Don't worry. No, 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 I got it. So when there was something to where I had too much on me or people wanted to help me or I needed help, I was always, no, I got it. Don't worry about it. No, 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 I'm good. Don't worry about it. And so people be like, hey, you know, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Don't worry about it. I'm good. I got it. I got it. You know, literally. So funny funny story. So even well, one, one night um, I was carrying like, there was like eight bags in the car and me and Stephanie got out and I was getting all the bags. She was like, look, you know, let me get some bags. I said, no, I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the man. I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, so I'm getting all the bags. She said, no, let me help. You. I said, I got it. Don't worry about it. So I'm getting the bags and the food. I dropped the food. <laughs> she looks at me. She says, let me be your teammate. And I wow, said, oh, she is your person. Yeah. And I said, See, now you speak in my language. Yeah, that's like now, a, a that's, phenomenal response oh, to that. That yeah. was huge because I'm so used to, and, and life forced me into that position, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because there were times where I needed people and looked at people, and I was always the one to get in the last end of the stick, you know, or well, people you- let me down, or there were disappointments, or people that I, I needed um, in moments was like, yeah, I got you, but then they never have you. Mm-hmm. So then I learned to, to if, okay, Nobody's going to have my back. I need to be able to have myself. Mm-hmm. And it, I built this wall to protect me from disappointment, but I also, the wall prevented me from accessing the help that I needed. Yeah. So then the next chapter after that is the power of vulnerability. Yeah. And in letting the ego go. Yes. Yeah? So yes. I feel like now I'm so, I'm I'm, into, I'm speaking your language or yeah. I'm, I've, you know, I'm into that stuff. And I feel like every time, and right. I willingly will be like, I shouldn't do this. My ego's telling me yes, but I'm going to, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. Every single time, karma comes back, like almost instantly. (laughs) Every single time. You're like, why don't you ever learn? I'm like, no, 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 no. There's some part of me that's just like, nah, fuck you. I hate to say it like like that, but I feel like there's there's something within me that's, I have such a problem with authority. Okay. That even like within my own brain of authority, of logic and reason, I'm like, nah, just because I'm going to say no. Okay, so where, where did that start? Oh, me think forever. I've always been like the rebel. Okay. A self-sacrificing rebel, sure. I would say. Sure. Since the time I was a little kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. But so there was nothing like in terms of like parents or somebody who 
you had a difficult time with in authority? Oh, both okay. of them. Okay. Oh, yeah, they're both. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, did, so in that aspect, did you sort of develop this self-will, like, I have to be the one to make the decision? Yeah, I think so. You know what? Yeah. I was like, I'm one of, I'm the middle of five kids. Yeah. And, like, always growing up. In every situation, if no one, if if like if any situation um, needed a volunteer, mm-hmm. I would wait. Nobody would volunteer. Yeah. Always, I'd be like, "Well, fine, then I'll just do it." Yeah, come on, let's just get this thing going. Yeah, like from yeah, yeah, forever. Yeah. That's just always been me. Yeah, and yeah, so I feel like that's just kind of still how I am now. Yeah, but that's been like forever. Even yeah. like I remember have vivid memories of even my brothers, my older brothers, being too scared to like go down in the basement to turn the light on when yeah. they were kids. And I'd be yeah, like, yeah. well, then I'll do it. Yeah. Like, come on, we got to go. Like, we got to watch the Trolls movie or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just have always been like that. Yeah, so. and so in that type of scenario sort of creates the complex that, okay, nobody else is going to make the decision. I don't trust anybody to make the decision because I've it's been modeled to me that the people that I'm around and really depend on won't make the decision. So I got to be the one. So now every decision I have to make, and if there's somebody else who's going against it, now if there's an authority figure who's trying to say this is that, okay, no, no, I don't trust that. I that I need to make the decision, and whatever the decision is, even even in terms of trying to logicalize it in my head, that's it's it creates that microcosm of now I go back and forth with even within myself, but having someone else make the decision for me, yeah, yeah, that's a no go. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a no go. I mean, I feel even just like laws in yeah. general yeah. just like yeah, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> human human free will all the time yeah and i'm a good person it'll all be fine yeah. but like that's not always how it works no 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 like no no, no that's yeah, really not the police car behind yeah, you. yeah. Like, yeah. really, not, really how not how it works oh yeah. wow i'm just like you just solved all the problems yeah. oh that's phenomenal <laughs> well so how um can you tell me about like your your experiences learning in similar situations like how was your yeah, upbringing i there? was very much uh very similar um i'm i'm an alpha Mm-hmm. personality i've always been the one who just just either had the better idea or um who or i felt like i had the better idea mm-hmm. or i've been put in situations where um i had to grow up fast you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like uh my mom was i was raised by a single mom and having seeing her how hard she was working in order to try to take care of me and my siblings and you know and then my sister had a small child at the time um I started working at 16, mm-hmm. right? My senior year, I was working two full-time jobs. Wow. And it became to the place where, you know what, I see the issue and in order or instead of being a part of the issue and saying this is what I need or this is what I, uh, uh, this is what I, or the place that I'm at or the place that I'm lacking, I said, you know what, I see the struggle, I see how hard she's working, I'm just going to take whatever's dealing with me I'm going to internalize it, and then I'm going to start making the decisions for me over here. So then I grew up, and now pretty much majority of decisions that I've made, good and bad, I've been okay with because they were my decision. Because Mm -hmm. at least I have the power, right? Because if I give you the power to make the decision and you make the wrong one, then now I I have the consequence of your wrong decision. At least I can be okay if it's my bad decision. So it was like it's, it was a c- control yeah. thing for me. I like to be in control because I generally believe that I have the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm in a room and I just, I, you know what, this is cool, but I think I know better. Yeah. Let me go ahead and get that. So I, I was I was very much like that. And um, I, there were times where 
you know, literally my whole life was shut down and I had no choice but to depend on people. Like in two, 2000, I had a sinus infection that spread to my brain. <gasps> and I had uh, fluid gathered on the, on the right side of my brain. And I went into the emergency room and had a stroke. And Whoa. I was completely paralyzed on the left side of my body. You were? Like this the, was in 2010? 2000. In 2000. Oh, my God. Yeah. So literally, I was completely paralyzed from my head to my feet on the left side. They told me that they would tell me to smile. Only the right side of my face would move. They would prick my hands till it bled. I couldn't like feel it. Like cerebral palsy? Or is that- yeah. So I had a, it was just a sinus. It was this weird sinus infection. Wow. And fluid gathered up on my brain. And uh, that's this scar here. Uh, actually, I had two brain surgeries. Oh, my God. Um, How does that even surgeries. happen from a sinus infection? I know that was possible. I know it. I know it. <laughs> so uh, this scar above my eye, they literally put a tube. There's maybe about a, a two to three inch tube over uh, in my head. And they would come in and drain fluid from my brain um, several times throughout the day. Like, couldn't move, couldn't walk, couldn't do How anything. How long were you? Did, you? did you think you were going to be permanently paralyzed? So... I was really out of it. I mean, I, I really didn't, you know, once I just knew that I was having these headaches that were so excruciating. When I blinked, it felt like my head was going to explode. I oh, couldn't man. really breathe. It was so painful. So when I went in and I went to the bathroom and I was coming out of the bathroom and I was dragging my my left side, literally, like it, like I was uh. limp and I was dragging it. and um, And so... You know, when I went through the process of, I was in there two, two and a half months, two brain surgeries, um, tubes everywhere. Oh, my gosh. And um, it literally, so the doctors didn't know what what was wrong with me. They just couldn't figure it out because it was so crazy. Like, they, 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 they had never seen something like this transition to this. So they literally were bringing specialists in, and they were pretty much were prepping to say, you know, that I was going to die. And if I live, that I would be a vegetable. So it really just speaks to uh, how literally God has shut down the entire world at times. And you have no choice but to rely. You have no choice but to 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 go through the process. So I literally uh, I had to learn everything over again. They fed me on the feeding tube because I couldn't eat. Um, Oh, my God. Talk about what a life changing experience. Listen, so. <clears throat> they literally, uh, my one of the first day in physical therapy, one of the most humbling experiences in my life. Yeah, I was um, went to physical therapy, and the physical therapist said, "Okay, today we're going to practice buttoning a shirt." And I said, "I don't want to practice buttoning a shirt. I want to walk." Mm-hmm. You know, I've been immobilized for two months, haven't been able to use my body at all. I want to walk, and and she said, "Well, the issue is is that you think." that you know how to button a shirt, but your system literally has done a hard reset, and now you have to retrain your body to do everything. My mind knew how to button the shirt. I know the mechanisms. It's not like I'm unaware, but she said, but you don't know or you're unaware of the damage that's been done to you. So we need to start here, and I argue back and forth. No, I need to walk. I know how to button the shirt. She said, okay, cool deal. This is what I do. I'm going to put this shirt on you. If you can button it, then we'll try to walk. She put the shirt on me, and my hands would not work. I knew what to do. And we take that for granted, that you literally can think, and I can ball a fist, Mm -hmm. right? That I can literally just, I can send the signal from my brain to my hand to make a fist. And literally, there was a short circuit within the signals to where my body would not work. 
even though I knew what to do, Man. I physically could not do it. And I sat there, tears rolling down my face. It was the most humbling experience in my life because I realized then how much damage had been done. Yeah. And, that, and that's a lot of people is that we go through these situations that are extremely damaging mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and we just keep moving thinking that, okay, because I'm aware of what I need to do moving forward, that I don't have to address the damage that's been done to me. Mm-hmm. And now we get into the next situation and we wonder why parts of me don't work. Parts of my heart don't work. Parts of my ability to be present don't work because I didn't stop to address the fact that, that my last issue made me immobilized from being fully present in this moment. And until we stop and go back and do the dirty work of saying, you know what, I don't know how to button the shirt. Let's start here. Then I won't even get to be able to where I can get up and walk properly. And so now I'll get up and I may be moving, but I may be, I, I will still be dysfunctional. So I'll be moving and I'll have motion, but I won't be walking correctly. Whoa. So, yeah. When you were laying there for two and a half months, mm-hmm. what was the one recurring memory that went through your mind more than anything else? I really didn't have memories. I just wanted to get out. Yeah. You know, and I I really, for a minute there, you know, I almost gave up, mm-hmm. you know, because it was just so bad, you know. And this, here's the thing. I had no history. There was no issues. I was, I was healthy. I was playing sports. I was, there was, I was not a sick person. Mm-hmm. I had never been to the hospital. So this is my real first experience, other than when I was a baby and had a double hernia. But this is this is my first experience in the hospital, and this is a life-threatening situation. Yeah. So I have no point of reference. So I'm entering into this new phase, this new space, and I literally have no blueprint. I have no 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 guide to say to say okay this is what you do here this is these are the feelings that you're going to feel this is how you man- so now i'm in it and i'm just trying to figure it out and that's most of us in life i'm just in it trying to figure it out do you feel that that that, that experience kind of set the stage for where you are now oh, yes. i mean like, just really yes. stop yes. really stop yes think about it all yes my yes. gosh that's why even with the pandemic um i had a different perspective because my life had been shut down before, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I know what it's like to be moving, and then all of a sudden, you can't go anywhere. Wow. So it's, it's, it's being able to take the lessons of the last issue, the last hurt, the last letdown, the last disappointment, and being able to bring them into your present so that the, the, the situations and things that you're going through won't negatively impact your future. So it's just literally just stringing it all together. And a lot of people just leave out of situations and they want to detach from it because it hurt. Yeah. And then they and then it comes back and then they're angry mm-hmm. and they're mean. But then but then we we're able to do that when it's things like working out. What do you mean? Working out doesn't feel good. No, it does. Well, it I'll, hurts. It does, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, when you're really working out like consistently and you're pushing your body mm-hmm. and you, you're under weights and you're under tension and you're under pressure, when you leave out, if you really got a good workout, yeah, it should hurt. Oh, yeah. Something should be sore. You should, the next day, you should feel it. You know, you know. now there, there are times where you may go in and it may be a light workout and just something, that, you know, but mm-hmm. like 
I don't feel like I had a good workout until unless until you feel the burn. Un- I love the burn. Yeah. So I'm all there for it. I yes. go way wicked ham. I injure myself all the yes. time actually because literally, of if yeah. I don't feel like I'm about to die, I don't I don't feel like I work hard <laughs> enough. I want to literally be walking out and people asking me, "Yo, you okay?" Yeah, yeah, man, just just a good workout, you know. So <laughs> so I'm just I like to push myself to that limit, you know, because it hurts, but I push myself there because I know that this pain is working for my end goal. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to endure this pain because I know the results that I'm trying to get. Within your, just to speak mm-hmm. about fitness for a sec, I'm a fitness freak myself. Come on. Um, in, in your life coaching, in your, yes. in your curriculum, I'd say, uh-huh. do you endorse exercise? Yes. For everybody? Yes. Me too. Yes. I, I, that's the first thing I tell everybody is like, get your butt on a walk. At yeah. least start walking or something outside. Yeah. You got you to gotta get your body moving because the more you sit and remain stationary and stagnant, the more you allow your thoughts to really take over. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be surprised at how much. There, there are uh, tools and ways that I to tell people how you give your thoughts direction. It's in, in one, of, one of the main things is what you say, right? It's impossible to think one thing and say another thing simultaneously. Correct. I can't say something right now in this moment and my mind be on a completely different thought in that same moment. So if I am always speaking something positive in my life, if I'm always reaffirming um, purpose and destiny, my goals and my dreams, that I can make it, that this won't break me, I don't die here, my thoughts will always be on those type of, uh, um, those type of thoughts. But if I'm constantly reaffirming my adopted reality, this didn't work. Oh, another failed relationship. I must be, I'm going to be alone forever. Uh, this this job didn't work out. I'll never get the job that I want. Uh, okay, I, I'm behind on my bills. I'll never be, I'll never, I'll never. Then your thoughts will always be on the never. And then your emotions will reflect the never. And then your body will re- then respond with ne- never energy. Yes. And nobody likes people with never energy. No, not at all. That, that's I can't stand true. people with never energy. When you go up to them, hey, how you doing? I'm like, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go this way. You go that way. And, uh, yeah, we'll call it a day. How did you – when did you get into – um, mind, body, and soul, spirit alignment, that type of stuff. Because I feel like that's what you just yeah. Um, I, I'm I've always been a a, um, a totality type of person. Mm-hmm. I feel like that everything is connected. Yeah. That you know it, the things that happen in your mind uh, affect what happens in your body, mm-hmm. um, and that's even from a physiological standpoint. That stress is not a physical thing, but it affects your physical body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like through your your blood and your cortisone levels and blood pressure, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, um, aneurysms, a lot of them are related to stress-related type yeah. of situations. This is kind of random. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom told me recently, my mom has a disease similar to ALS. Okay. And she told me recently she watched a Netflix documentary called Heal. Mm. I don't know, but it's all about the power. I haven't seen it, but it's sure. all about the power. And I'm into this a little bit, yeah, yeah. but the power of... Um, of your mind and how, yeah. like, in the, the, their whole thing is that your mind can heal anything. 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 Whatever exactly it's, that is. I don't know if the, your mind is going to stop your cut from bleeding. Yeah, but yeah. Like, it may not be that. But internally. Unless you're Wolverine, it's it's, you know, <laughs> it, it, unless you're X-Men we don't know about, then that might be. But it does, like, it, the the mind is the most powerful thing 
that a person possesses, Mm -hmm. you know, and we spend so little time really uh, building and strengthening and making sure that our mind is healthy. We don't do healthy mind activities. We don't do healthy mind uh, process. Uh, We we are filtering our mind with so much junk, (laughs) so much negativity, so much, so much violence, so much, uh, just all all around junk, and then we expect our bodies and our hearts to be able to produce at high levels. Everything starts in the thought. Have you do have you had trouble with toxic masculinity and men? Yes, as like I was like not. I feel like it's more women than men who mm-hmm. talk with it. You do and yeah. you know do what you do. Yeah, and do you do you see that often? Yes. Men have this innate ability to believe that they are right always. <laughs> always. Yeah, some women too. Yeah. <laughs> like we have this thing that because men are logical, they feel like their logic is the best because mm-hmm. in the past their logic may have worked for them. So if someone goes out and they are into archery, and they draw the bow a specific way, and they hit the target bullseye. Because they hit it that one time, they think that how they shoot is the right way. Then if you get a professional archer who comes in and say, hey, let me, let me fine-tune your form so I can help you. No, 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 I'm good because I hit dead center on a bullseye the way I did it. Okay, but you hit it dead center one time. I'm trying to develop practice of you hitting dead center every time. Mm-hmm. And most men say, most men feel like, you know, especially when another man is trying to tell you what to do or how to move, they all automatically, this male bravado, they feel like they have to posture up, mm-hmm. you know, and then they, they want to become, you know, but here's the thing. I'm the alpha in any situation. You can't muscle the muscle. So I always tell God, listen, please, it's not going to work. Because, one, I'm not threatened by you, and I'm confident in me. Those are two things that will always prevent you from getting the upper hand. I'm not threatened by you, and I'm confident in me. Mm, but were you, were you always that way? No. So I was, I, there was, I'm, I'll tell you one, <laughs> one of the things my mom told me, um, uh, and it freed me. I was young, and uh, I was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I just wanted people to be happy. And I didn't understand why people were hating on me, didn't like me for no reason. You just don't like me just because. Like, I don't, you never had a conversation with me. Like, why is it that when I walk in, you automatically, your face is, is turned up? You don't even know me. What's the issue? And I wanted to make people happy. And she told me, she sent me, she sent me aside. I was young. I had to be maybe six or seven. Well, Yeah, I was young. And uh, she said, you know, you know, baby, they hated Jesus and he was perfect. You think they ain't going to hate you? <laughs> and for some reason, that clicked in me, right? And I was like, you know what? These folks ain't going to like me. That, okay, cool. So I became accustomed and okay with, like, when I enter in the room, I always get the negative energy from a lot of people. Really? Yes. Oh, just because they're intimidated. Exactly. You're so, an intimidating But person. I love that energy. When I walk <laughs> into a room, I, lo- I love walking in and people looking like, oh, you think you are. I love it. I, wow. lo- I I have no problem being the bad guy. You know I, what's crazy is I didn't get that at all. You don't. All right, so that's definitely haters, people who need yeah. to level up. Yeah, yeah. Because I 
you and you and your I keep wanting to say wife, but you and Stephanie together yeah. um are overwhelming. But you're so kind and warm and welcoming. There is nothing that is I mean, it's intimidating because you guys are so tall and so beautiful and like great great aura, great energy. But, but there's nothing that's like I don't think that he thinks he's anything at all. But not even people, close. That didn't cross my mind. But people who are not uh confident in themselves will automatically take your confidence as a threat. Mm. People who are who are who are insecure will always take your security as an act of war. When you walk in secure in who you are, when you're smiling, when you're greeting everybody, they people you'd be surprised. And 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 it's mostly in in spaces and pockets where, like I said, where the people are insecure. But in spaces where I deal with a lot of people, right, and in I enter a lot of rooms where there are a bunch of people, and you can just see it. You see the side eyes, you see the eye rolls, you mm-hmm. see all of the different things that happen, and I love it. <laughs> to be honest, like that's not, okay. So I can imagine that sometimes it would be it would make your job more difficult when you come into a room and you got to tell a corporate ass man. Mm-hmm. Let me be classy about it. You need to tell no, a corporate you man. No, do you? <laughs> you, gotta be, you ain't got to do that. You got to tell this corporate man like you're not that. I know, like say HR hired you, yeah. and then you have to go into a room and tell all these other yeah. men all all this stuff. I could see that it would be difficult. Yes. Yes, because every and here's the thing is that a lot of people feel like the the main issue that I run into is people have um this relatability complex mm-hmm. that you can't relate, you don't understand. So you ah, can't tell yeah. me anything because you don't get it. You don't understand. If I worked in their field, like say for instance, if I worked um, here mm-hmm. at for, for the, the radio station, but I was the senior vice president of the radio station. Okay. And I've worked every job, and I came in and I wanted to talk to you about how we want to make some changes, how we can improve X, Y, and Z. You'd be more inclined to, to listen to me because of my experience here. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just a consultant off the street, and I come in and I'm trying to talk to you about the radio station, what we could do, how we could improve it, The you're more inclined to say you're not even in radio. How can you tell me what to do here? You don't work here. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's the it's that, it's the relatability complex. And then people always want to say, you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'll say, okay, cool. I understand. But see, it's, it's ways that I now... And, and what happens is I just have to do more work breaking down the walls. Mm-hmm. And then once I break down the walls and I show them that there are certain universal principles that we can fine-tune and tweak in every situation that will make you more successful, then they say, oh, wow, okay, I didn't see it from that point of view. I know. That's why I'm so, but it's the But it's just the doing the work of breaking down the walls because the end result is I'm here to see you win. And mm-hmm. I, and but when when I leave, you're going to be in a winning position. It's just either you're going to be willing to accept my help, or I got to bring out the sledgehammer with your head on the walls, and then we'll waste the time of of breaking that down before we actually get into the winning. Oh man, that's tough. Like yeah. that's the, that's the ego and pride right there. Yeah. You know, like somebody told me recently, I was having a freak out day, and they were like, "Nat, everybody's yeah. on Team Nat, okay? Yeah. You're the only one who's not. Yeah, everyone's else on Team Nat. <laughs> you need to calm down. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you're right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you could give advice to someone who is thinking about doing 
I don't know, changing their lives in any sort of way, what are like some simple, easy steps you would recommend to someone? Um, one, first thing I always suggest, uh, and I put this in my book too, is uh, the, the quote is, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Check your connections, who mm-hmm. are you around? You cannot foster positive uh, life environment, life experiences, positive pursuit of purpose around negative people, around people who are even have good intentions but may not be good for the space that you're in, right? And a lot of times we are loyal to people because of tenure. I grew up with you, right? We've been friends for this long. Okay, I understand that. But if you are saying that you want to be here, then the first thing you have to do is see the people who I'm, am I, that I am around, do they foster the journey for me getting from where I am to where I want to be? And if not, then that doesn't mean I got to cut everybody off, but then maybe I, not, I need to start being more strategic with my time, my access. Mm-hmm. Because if I give, say for instance, if I need an hour a day to work on, which is what I suggest, hour a day to work on my goals, right? Mm-hmm. And in that hour, I give you 20 minutes of laughing, talking, joking on the phone, right? Now, although there's nothing wrong with laughing, talking, joking on the phone, I now only have 40 minutes, which then puts me in a time crunch, which then makes me rush, which then makes me miss something, which then makes me mess up. Which then makes me angry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... So it's just, it's, that's the first thing is I got to check who I am around, yeah, right? I got to see what are, and I have curriculum and tools of how to be able to put people in the proper categories of what they add and what they subtract from your life, right? So wow. we, I take people through the, uh, the connection chart. Let's put, let's, let's put everybody on the chart where they're connected and let's now see how we can m- align the pieces that provide me the best process of getting to my area of purpose and destiny that I desire. So first, I always tell people to check their connections. Two, the next thing I always do is we got to go back before we can go forward. Before we can even get to life changing, let's look at life now. How do we get to where we are? Let's unpack some things first because it makes no sense in trying to build something new on a shaky foundation. Yeah. So I got to first check, see who's in my house. Then I got to check the foundation. Right. So after I clean the house, now I can start pulling up the floors. Right. Because you can't start renovating a house with people in it. I got to get people out. Yep. So now once I get people out, now I can start pulling up the floors. Let's start doing some digging. Let's check this foundation. Let's 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 find the cracks. Right. Mm-hmm. And then after we find the cracks, then like I have uh, tools and curriculum on how we can fill the cracks. Is it a completely a gut mission or gut job from the foundation? Do we have to pull everything out and then relay it? Or can we actually patch it up? So there, and a lot of times people just, it's it's being able to identify if this is a patchable crack or if I need to pull this entire section out, right? Because it's it's like an iceberg. You only see the tip on the top, but the mass is underneath. So if I only think that this is just a little little bit at the top of the surface, mm-hmm. then I never do the deep digging. So 
Um, yeah, those are those are the, uh, a couple things wow, that I start waiting. with. I'm, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm just now racking my brain of like, well, I need to sign up for this. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm down. I just like I love self improvement so much. Yeah. Everybody can always do some, and I feel like it, it makes you a better human, and yeah. you walk around happier and lighter. Oh yeah, you know. Yes. I feel like there's so much. I like everybody has grief trauma in some sort of way you know yeah but then there's also the thing is the more you do that then the more narrow which i guess is great though then like the more narrow the people that you can vibe with exactly you're like well exactly all right well yeah once you once you wake up you cannot be unwoken yeah you know does that make sense you cannot unwake you cannot go I back to sleep. I can't sleep again. I can't. I you know what I'm <laughs> Anyway, William Jackson, thank you so much for coming no, on. Oh, Nellie, thank you for having me. I appreciate Tell me more you. about, and I also love this, is that this was a total really great way that we met. Yeah. And usually, you know, it was just like, it just so happened. It happened in chance. And we were like, eh, we yeah, need, yeah. you need to go and t- tell me your story. Uh, where can people find you? And what is the name of your second book coming out? Awesome. So um, you can. my website is www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com, right? So that's my website that has um, my book on there, all of my curriculum. Um, actually, I'm launching um, the end of this week. I'm doing uh, a 21-day purpose plan that will go live on my site. Wow. And literally, it, it's going to walk you through 21 days of how to discover purpose, how to embrace it, and how to walk it out. So 21 days, it takes 21 days to develop any habit. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm launching that at the end of the week. That'll be live on the site. I'm really excited about that. Um, so that's my website, theofficialwilliamjackson.com. Um, my Instagram is the official William Jackson as well. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of my uh, good nuggets and willpower moments are. Uh, and then the name of my next book is actually called Top Heavy. Okay. And it's called The Weight of the Vision. Ooh. Yeah. So it's literally trying to lead from the aspect where you have the weight of what you've been called to do, what you've been created to do. Oh, that speaks to yeah. me for sure. How do you yeah. do I feel like that stresses me out more than anything. Yes. People always say I'm hard on myself. I'm like, but you don't understand what is going on in my brain, yeah. where, I want, where I'm going. Yeah. And I have no idea how to get there. <laughs> yeah. And I am very, I'm extremely hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely yeah, hard on myself. But one of the things that I'm learning to do, um, really, Stephanie is helping me w- with this, is being able to be okay with not being perfect. Ooh. Right. It's, it's the, it's, it's, and it's, that's the, some of the stuff that's in the book too, as well. It's, it's learning how to lead and be okay as an imperfect leader. So it's 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 oxymoronic because as a leader you really want to lead perfectly, but that pressure alone yeah will prohibit you from leading effectively. Yeah, like I think it you know there's power in vulnerability and yeah. uh I feel like it makes you more human. Yeah. I mean I just I understand how yeah. you want to I mean no, I I try to to perfect my craft every single day. Yes. And yes. it's never perfect. Yeah. And then you got to, I don't know, walk away or move on. But admitting it, that's the only way you grow and continue yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a process, you know, and it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's true. Hey, yeah. if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to mm-hmm. go far, you go together. Yes. So that's very exciting. Yeah. And what are your goals for 2022? My goals for 2022 is to affect at least... 22,000 people 
to accomplish purpose, destiny, uh, and accomplish their goals in not just the um, life coaching arena, but the professional sector as well. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to look out. Yeah. Uh, good luck and congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> well, and there you have it. The official William Jackson. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I hope you all enjoyed. Again, you can find him at www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com and on Instagram at, at William Jackson. And then his book is called When Life Happens. You can order that online as well. Uh, thank you guys so much. Stay safe and happy new year. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.